Longtime writer for the Associated Press, Alan Creda, will be accompanying me on today's episode of Locked on Devils. He covers not only the Devils, but also the Rangers and Islanders. So we're going to talk about everything in the Metropolitan Division and the playoff chances for the Devils as the Metro tightens up as the season progresses. And we're also going to talk about how the Devils got to this point of the year with it being halfway done. Lots to talk about in today's episode of Locked on Devils. Buckle up, everybody. You're Locked on Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked On Devils with Trey Matthews. All righty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play announcer, Devils writer for Pucks and Pitchforks, and also part-time credentialed media member, Trey Matthews. I'm joined alongside by Alan Creedup. Alan's been covering the New Jersey Devils, the New York Rangers, and the New York Islanders for 25 years, and he currently works for the Associated Press. So, Alan, how you doing? I'm great. How are you doing? Thanks for having me on. Well, thank you for taking the time out your uh, busy day. Like I said, it's not just the Devils you cover. You cover uh, the Rangers and Islanders. So we could definitely uh, just talk about the, like you said before the recording, just the potential uh, rivalry that we could have come playoff time because the Devils are right now at an all-time high, second in the Metro. Looks like they have the playoffs set in their sights halfway through the year. But I want to go back to the beginning. So Having been around this team for a good while, what were your realistic expectations going into the year? Because I said ceiling wild card, but they've exceeded that going on a 13-game win streak, having a great month of November. Despite struggling in December, they were able to tread the water a little bit and maintain second in the Metro. So I just want to uh, get your thoughts of where did you see this team potentially going uh, first game of the year? I I thought they would improve for sure because – we knew the goaltending would be more stable. They they made the trade for Vitek Vanacek. That was key. Right off the bat, they had something to build on. Goaltending was it was a tough, tough spot last season. Using seven different netminders wasn't easy. Wouldn't be easy for any team in any situation. For the Young Devils, that was hard. So that was an immediate improvement. The trade for John Marino, I think, definitely solidified this, the confidence of another veteran presence. Uh, Dougie Hamilton back and healthy. So the defense... Has, has been stable and good and fast. And Ryan Graves' game is accelerated. Jonas Siegenthaler showing improvement. All, all together, they just have weapons on defense. And that that helps the goalies. That helps the offense be more confident. I think just solidifying the six and then the, the growth of the young stars. Jack Hughes doing what he does at this level now. Elite status, no question. Jesper Bratt, tremendous, tremendous acceleration to his game. It's Nico Heischer captaining, leading, scoring goals. The team wins almost every time either of those guys scores or even has a point. So it's a it's a confidence boost on top of a confidence boost. And I think what's happened was the momentum developed. They started winning and winning and winning some more. Teams suddenly were looking at them a whole different way. Their opponents saw, hmm, these aren't the same old devils. They show speed and maturity. They rally back after losses that may have put them away a couple of seasons ago. Now they win those next games. They win on the road. This is something they weren't doing uh, at the rate they're doing anything close to this season. So it's a combination of factors, and it's it's got to be pure confidence. It's as simple as that. You winning 
he brings winning. Uh, the coach, Lindy Ruff, I'm sure instills confidence in these guys. He's seen it all in his long coaching career. He knows what buttons to push, when to push them, confidence in the veterans, confidence in the young guys. He's he's an, he's a veteran, veteran coach. He's the right person to be behind the bench with this type of team. So all those factors together and, you know, beating Carolina, beating the Rangers a couple of times out of three, two out of three, coming back in games, also something they weren't doing with regularity. Now teams know the push is coming. The two-goal deficit is not much to them. And with Jack Hughes playing the way he's playing, you know, the goals come in flurries. So the power play is good. The special teams are good. The goaltending has been great. All of that adds up to where they are right now in playoff position at the moment, a handful of points out of first. Of course, you know, the race is going to be tight. It won't be easy. It'll be harder and harder to keep it going. But surely that winning streak at the beginning of the season gave them a cushion that very few expected them to have. No one expected the Devils in first place for the majority of the first half. No one. And that's that's a good thing. Surprises are nice when a fan base is suddenly brought on board. The, the, the building is loud exciting the games against the islanders and rangers are like old times rivalry uh, fans chanting for both teams this is this is what hockey needs in the tri-state area it's it's fun for both teams all three teams and i know just talking to fans everyone's dreaming of some sort of local rivalry playoff series already uh, three months from now Right. And we're halfway done with the year. And the one thing that I said for the New Jersey Devils when they were first in the Metro uh, back in November, I said, we got to see how they do at the midway point. Because if you recall, during Taylor Hall's Hart Memorial Trophy campaign, the Devils were sitting at first come December. But then what happened as the season progressed, they get into the wild card and they're dealt in five games by the Tampa Bay Lightning. So I said, let's wait until the midway point before I actually make a full assessment as to whether or not this team is legitimate or not. But I had, I had like my high confidence in them just because you don't win 13 games in a row by accident. I, I think right. that's what no fans, I think that's what fans need to realize because when the devils were struggling in the month of December, people were saying like that win streak was a fluke or it wasn't real, wherever the case might be. I'm like, you can't fake that. That's the fifth longest win streak in NHL history. And had that game against the Toronto Maple Leafs, had that gone differently right. to the right. devils, if they still win those three games after that, uh, trash night at the Prudential Center, as I like to call it. They're tied with the Pittsburgh Penguins for longest win streak of all time in the NHL. So stuff like that doesn't just happen. And every team hits a wall. The Devils hit their wall in December. I'd rather they hit it now versus uh, like in February when uh, the games start to become more crucial and start to add on up. But having met you in the press box post game and having gotten your um, insight in, in that sort of regard, we're halfway done with the year. And we've seen them at their best this season. We've seen them at their worst because at one point, I think they went on a six game losing streak or six game winless streak during the month of December. Uh, where do you see this team going from here? Like, do you see them making a big trade? Do you see them just trying to stick to what, what they got? Because having spoken to Ryan Novozinski of NJ.com, I think now is the time for uh, Tom Fitzgerald to actually sit down and fully assess everything because Ryan told me that, um, that Tom Fitzgerald is going to wait until around like the 40 game or, or halfway mark to see like, Hey, do we need to make a trade? Do we, uh, are we just waiting for Andre Pilat to come back into full fruition? Cause he was out for quite some time. Maybe that's our big piece that we needed. Nathan Bash and John Marino are set to return. Hopefully during the course of this road trip, 
what changes would you like to see uh, the Devils make, or do you think they're uh, good with what they got for right now? I think they're pretty good with what they have. Uh, the big trades are, are a major risk at times. Sometimes chemistry can be affected. I mean, there were certain teams that always seem to go for the splashy trade. If there's cap space created or uncreated, the Rangers are always in the, the rumor mill of the big trade that's been for decades. Uh, the Devils, I don't know if they would want to make the trade for the big rental player this year. Uh, the lines have been pretty steady. When everyone's healthy, they, the pieces are obviously there. It probably will really come down to the goaltending and the defense down the stretch in the playoffs. That is, it's a different type of game. It's a tighter game. I think, if anything, we might see them play more like all teams do to make sure they get the one point. Uh, there isn't as much risk taking. I mean, they have the bank of points now, so they, they really just have to stick around 500 NHL 500 the rest of the way to get around a hundred points, which would get them in. So the big trade, there are always surprises on the deadline day. That's become a cottage industry unto itself. Now, every year it's even more. So everybody's trying to figure out who has room for what, who's really going to get traded on that day there's always a surprise that no one sees coming. I mean, Chicago clearly will will trade some of those star players that are on contracts that are expiring. Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taze probably go separate ways, but who knows? Who knows where and at what price draft picks are being mentioned, you know, dangling the first round picks have become so valuable. I don't see the Devils going for something, uh, going for broke, so to speak, on a trade maybe a piece, but adding Andre Pallott, a healthy Andre Pallott for the second half is like making a great trade. He's a two-time Stanley Cup winner. He knows what it takes to win. Uh, Devil fans have hardly seen him yet, so he brings a lot to the table, much like Max Pacioretty brings to Carolina. No need to go out and make a big, splashy trade when you have a player of that pedigree coming right back. So some of it is hype. Some of it is we need something magically special more than we have, but clearly the, the devil's record wouldn't be where it is without the players they have. So why change it in a dramatic way? Maybe they'll tinker. Maybe they'll pick up a veteran piece, an extra defenseman, another veteran. Uh, you always need those big defensemen who've been there in the playoffs. You need re reserve players if someone gets hurt. So maybe that kind of insurance move more than a, a Patrick Kane or Jonathan Taze, or some of the other giant contracts that are floating. I mean, so to, to go for the rental gives you other problems. And then you have to figure out, do you keep that player? Is it worth it? If you don't win more than a round, is, did you sacrifice too much? Do you really want to give up high round picks in what this year will be a deep draft, especially? So less is more, I think, often. And unless there's a certain player, a certain hole to fill, why risk it? And I think the Devils have been prudent and smart with the moves they've made before this season. Again, John Marino was, was a trade that just massive dividends from a kind of simple defenseman swap and, and the goaltender. The goaltender has been excellent from day one. Vanacek's, to me, a clear number one. He never really had that chance in Washington. Now he's proven he can be that. I don't see why that wouldn't continue in the playoffs. And in some ways, when the Devils get to the playoffs, they're, they're playing with house money. It's a, it's a new experience for a lot of these guys. They'll learn. It won't be easy, but teams develop and win later because of things they go through earlier. And this whatever playoff experience is ahead for Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer and Jesper Bratt can only help them in the years to come.
Don't worry, there's still more in store with Alan Krita. But before we continue, I wanted to get you guys hip to Built Bar because Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. So looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories, then you got to try a Built Bar. And we got through the holidays, and I know my goal is to eat a lot healthier, and I'm sure that's your goal too because that's a lot of people's New Year's resolutions. And if you want to stick to it, then you got to try Built Bar once again. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they are covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how Built Bar does it, but somehow, some way, they're only 130 calories and only 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com. Now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head over to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. If you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter, and churro. You can thank me later. Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They're also the official protein bar of NASCAR. And now, I want you guys to make some extra cash, so head over to BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for your sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to college bowl season to basketball and World Cup. They've got it all at BetOnline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. They're always the fastest, easy way to get all your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action, BetOnline, where the game starts. Please remember to gamble responsibly and visit our friends at Locked On Bets for all your betting needs there as well. Okay, let's get back to our discussion with Alan Krita of the Associated Press. Take it away once again. Yeah, I mean, you talked about the goaltending, and obviously we saw how good Vitek Vancek has been this year. My thing for Vitek Vancek is that he's always, in his short career in the NHL, he's always been good, like while playing for the Washington Capitals. But the problem was, come playoff time, he completely crashed and burned. And I always say you seal your legacy come playoff time because if you have a bad playoff performance, it doesn't really matter what you did in the regular season or people are going to remember your playoff performance versus what you did in the regular season. And that's sometimes unfair because Vitek Vanacek is a good goalie. Now, can he rebound come playoff time? That's uh, we're going to have to wait and see. But going back to what you said about certain trades, I I remember I on my show, I talked about potentially maybe the Devils uh, trading away some assets for Patrick Kane because Patrick Kane is is probably the greatest American player to ever play the game. Yes, he's on the be- he's on the other side of his better days, but maybe he could contribute. But uh, my fan base, my listenership said absolutely no, not another small uh, forward. Try to go for someone like Timo Meyer, someone who can basically play around the net, someone who yeah. plays a similar role as Nathan Bastian, but way better kind of thing so I think that's what people are aiming for like maybe a Timo Meyer, someone who can sign long term and someone who who is still relatively young he's in his mid-20s so he's not the oldest person but he's not the youngest person either so there's that so in, in terms of trades you're right I mean having spoken to Andre Palat after a, a certain game uh, I asked him like would he be willing to like uh, maybe like where does he see himself best fit because obviously he's missed a lot he said He'll go wherever coach wants him to go. So I say Andre Palat for the time being, temporarily, bottom six player, just to get eased back into right. it. Just Feels so he get, yeah, just so he could get 
his his mojo back because he's missed a significant amount of time. And Lindy Ruff also said post game, your second or uh, third game back is always tougher than your first. So I say for Andre Pilat for the time being, especially with Nathan Bastian still being out, put him on the bottom six to just add some more depth. And we obviously saw what Dawson Mercer was able to do against the Carolina Hurricanes. So I say move Dawson Mercer up to the top six with maybe with Jack Hughes and Eric Holla. Uh, I love Eric and all, and he has done great things on the same line as Jack Hughes, but our bottom six needs a little bit more help. That's my thing. So I think the puck possessions, the face-offs, the grit and determination on the defensive side of things. Yes, you're able to hijack Hughes in that sort of aspect because while he's not a bad defender, defense is not Jack Hughes' strength. That's not what we need him for. So it's just like you can hide him in that regards. Uh, but I say move either Eric Holler or Andre Palat to the bottom six, and I thought that's what they were going to do against the Carolina Hurricanes, but didn't work in, in that sort of aspect. But scoring has never been the problem for the Devils. Obviously, you said about the – you said uh, goaltending – is definitely um, something that's going to be an X factor going into the playoffs. And it was an X factor going into the season. So I got to ask you about Mackenzie Blackwood because he's set to become a restricted free agent at the end of this year. I personally don't feel comfortable resigning him to a long-term deal. Once again, just because he's, he, he's prone to injury. He performs either at expectations or below him. He never exceeds them. Whereas someone like Akira Schmidt, he's exceeded expectations. Nico Dawes is going to the uh, AHL All-Star Game, representing the Comets and the Devils. So you got to worry about that. And um, Vitek Vancek has exceeded expectations. Do you think players like Mackenzie Blackwood and Damon Severson, do you think their times at, as uh, Devils players is coming quickly to an end? Probably. I mean, that's the tricky part. Again, veterans and what to do, how much to devote goalies. I mean, I like I always like seeing a young goalie rise through the system, become a star, build for the future that way, not take a lot of risk. Goaltending is such a finicky position. And I, I think they have their number one in Vitek Vanacek. I there's something about the way he's embraced the fan base, the reaction. He seems calm and cool and collected. Uh he's he's steady. He I think he will have a good playoffs. Uh, it'll be a different team in front of him that he had in Washington. There's was always immense pressure on that team every year to do something they did once in 2018. They've had so many capitals, but so many playoff flameouts. Uh, if you take away 2018, the goaltender always got the brunt of the blame, whether it was Braden Holpe. Uh, uh, I mean, he's he's been, it was in a tough spot there. I think it was a hard team to win with in the playoffs at times. So I think he's relaxed and played really well. And I, I like the idea of the young goalies uh, backing him up when they're ready. Kira Schmidt's been solid. We saw a little bit of Nico Dawes last year. I know they wanted, want to give him more time in Utica. So I think they're on the right track. I'd rather see them spend the, the large contract money on, on more defense. Uh, Damon Severson is in cap as a veteran. Spend it on a, a younger defenseman, a free agent there. Spend it on young forwards. They know they're going to, of course, have to re-sign all the young talent sooner than later to big contracts. So wherever you can make sure to have extra resources in this salary cap world, which is still a challenge because it hasn't really ballooned much from where it is because of several reasons that will be fixed, but not right now in a few years. Less is more again. I, I don't see the point of giving McKenzie Beckwood a big long-term contract at this point when they have young talent that's shown their 
somewhat to more than somewhat ready for NHL uh, prime time. Right. And you talked about a uh, young defenseman. Do you want to see the devils like go after a, a veteran piece? If so, who I know you alluded that you would like to, but I just want you to bear with me for a second. Think, think about someone like Luke Hughes or Shimon Nemetz who might be NHL ready. Obviously you still got Riley Walsh on the pipeline, Kevin Ball, Nikito Holtuk, uh, mm -hmm. maybe not uh, a favorite amongst the fans, but Mason Gearston, he could definitely ruffle right. some feathers at the NHL level. So I had my buddy, a fellow Devils podcaster, he goes by the name of Jersey Joe, and we talked about uh, Kuzmenko possibly being traded to the Devils. I would love to have Kuzmenko on, on the roster, but at the same time, uh, I just factor in, like, there's a lot of young talent in that pipeline for Devils, and it's like, we have too many good prospects, and it's a right. good problem. It's a good problem to have, but the problem is, is like, like, who's going to be given a realistic chance to succeed at the NHL level? So I'm just thinking like when Luke Hughes is done at the University of Michigan, when Shimon the Mets uh, is ready uh, and, and come like next season or something like that, like, is it is it worth trying to get another uh, piece at the defensive position, especially since they have a lot of young talent in the pipeline? Probably one one piece like a, like a Justin Braun, that type of veteran sizable defenseman. The Rangers did that last season. Uh somebody who's seen seen it all has size rangers are doing it right now ben harpoor like again a veteran big experienced plays a common defensive game i think it's a lot to ask young defensemen to step in late in the season and then have impact in the playoffs. not everyone can be cal mccarr that was a unique situation he just took the ball and ran but that's it's asking a lot i i think those we might see look later in the season for some games but to ask him to play a top six role in the playoffs, it's a lot. Uh, less might be more again, but the experience of playing with the team down the stretch will surely help. And you need seven, eight defensemen ready in the playoffs. One or two injuries, and you have a decimated blue line. Uh, that's part of why I like to see Damon Searson stick around. He's he's the longest tenured double. He would love to win with them again. He can only help, and uh, that you're going to need. You're going to need those players. The playoffs are such a different game. If they play the Rangers or the Capitals in the first round, it's it'll be an instant war of speed. And and to me, the first round is the hardest round to win because everyone is relatively healthy. Everyone is thrilled they got there, and they sort of go for broke to be there. Winning, losing in the first round is almost worse than not making the playoffs at all to a lot of teams. So there's something to be said for surviving that first round and you see all these crazy six, seven game series and everyone is, is just going for eight series at once. The fans can't get enough of watching them all. And to me, it's the most exciting part of the playoffs because it's a free for all. And again, everyone's relatively healthy. And, and a lot of the teams that are just got in have been playing playoff hockey for months already. It really, the playoffs start now. The race is on now. Everyone's watching the standings each day today. Uh, and it's only and it's three months away from the end of the regular season, so it starts earlier and earlier. But veteran defense, a, a veteran piece. There, I I always favor the rental. It's it's kind of an understood part of NHL today is 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 renting a, a playoff defenseman. Every winning team seems to go out and do that. So uh, a bargain a bargain veteran might be the the trade that just helps ensure the defense is steady and solid in front of the goaltenders and give give the young guys a chance. There, all those names you mentioned have solid futures here i'm sure 
and have shown it in in the short time they've been out there. So, but to put on the put the pressure on them might be tricky in the playoffs. It would be tricky, and uh, it's funny how you uh, have uh, somewhat high praise for Damon Severson because a lot of people, including myself, want Damon Severson quite honestly gone. He makes a lot of boneheaded mistakes, and he's meant to be an offensive defenseman, but he hasn't been producing that. Yes, he did have the game winner against the New York Rangers, but uh, prior to that, Damon Severson had like, what, one or two goals before that game winner, and he also had that boneheaded move against the Philadelphia Flyers in which he had a uh, in which he was trying to pass it and the flyers were able to pinpoint the uh, puck perfectly and thus they were able to get the game winning goal now do the devils win it uh the game uh even without that blunder from damon severson that's a little iffy because carter hart i remember was just on one that night but lindy ruff was not too pleased with damon severson post game he told the reporters that that's not even in our playbook and as a result next game He's a healthy scratch. And when I asked Damon Severson in the locker room, like, you know, what happened? He was just like, I just tried to make a pass that he, it was just that simple, but it seems like Damon Severson, he's a great veteran piece in the locker room. I love talking with him, but it just seems like his time with the devils is just coming to, um, is just coming to an end, especially with his contract situation in which you're going to have to pay him a decent amount of money. I just think that money could be used. Uh, it could be well spent somewhere else. Sure, and and teams never want to lose a player of any status for for nothing. So to to let him finish out the contract and just leave is is another risk. And when you can pick up some picks or again another veteran piece, it's a, it becomes emotional. Though he is the longest tenured player, so it's not always easy to say goodbye. And that, but that could come down to the one financial decision they do make and say, well, we're just not going to resign you, and that's it. But. Stranger things have happened where a player just sticks around and has an impact and um, raises their game in the playoffs when the when the stakes are higher. I, I feel like he's been through a lot of down years and it would mean a lot to him to be part of an up an up one, uh, which he's already involved in. So uh, the the playoffs will be will be fun. I I think the fans, the younger generation of fans, will experience something they haven't seen in a while. I've I've seen it in the building again when the Islanders Rangers have been there how how intense it is how loud it is it feels like the playoffs 10 years ago when they played the Rangers feels like the the old Meadowlands Arena when they won the Stanley Cup uh, for here and there you know it's a very unique energy uh when the Devils are winning it's 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 as loud as it gets and fans the the, the playoff energy again is 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 unique and hard to describe for fans who haven't been in the building for it it's it's got its own a brand of an of an experience and uh, this this team is different i think than 2018 also that was a hard-working team they had taylor hall and brian boyle they had some good pieces but they were co- completely overmatched by tampa bay in that first series they were never in it at all they won the one home game but this is different like this team can get on a roll and go somewhere with, with that young talent they are scaring opponents uh when when, when team after team comes in there and talks about the speed and wow they're good they surprised us they have four lines rolling and they come in waves that that means that the teams have to develop a defensive tactic against them that maybe they didn't have to do before and that's unique for the devils again it wasn't happening for most of the past decade so they're in rarefied air in terms of how they're regarded in the league and they're going to have to accept that though because now opponents are looking have to raise their games against them so that makes it harder too but they've been resilient they've they've won when they haven't been expected to they're 
in a playoff spot right now with home ice, that's a pretty good place to be on January 12th. And right now the Carolina Hurricanes are on a four-game winless streak, so it's just like right. win two more, then they can pick up right where they left off come mid-December. So uh, my final question for you is that have since you cover the New York Rangers and also the New York Islanders, so you're very uh, in the loop what happens in the Metro, how do you see this whole thing playing out uh, at the end of the season, and where do you think uh, it, everything is going to go come playoff time? Because the Islanders are fighting for their lives. The Rangers were just a game away from passing the Devils for first, I mean, for second in the Metro, excuse me. But then uh, Jack Hughes and Damon Severson happened. Mm-hmm. Where, where do you see all these teams just like sliding in come the end of the season and then come playoff time? I think it'll be a race to the finish. I've been feeling like all the way through, we'll go, we will see three teams from the Atlantic make it. And those three teams are set already. Boston will almost assuredly win the division and Toronto and Tampa are just sort of getting ready for their series for three months. So <laughs> it's, it's weird math. Five teams will get in, I think from the metropolitan and is basically a six team race, unless somehow the Sabres really raise their game and enter that fray. So somewhere between Rangers, Washington, Islanders, Pittsburgh, Devils, one of those five won't make it is is the math. I'm, I, Carolina, be shocked if they fall out of it. Pittsburgh and Washington are sort of always there. The Rangers will continue to raise their game, and they're the ones that will make the big splash trade. They always do. Whatever it will be, it will be uh, dramatic because after what they did last playoffs, the fan base, there's pressure to – exceed that and exceeding that means getting to the finals so they really have to quote go for it i think and you know that's where patrick kane makes some logical sense with his relationship with atemi panera and that's what fans have been talking about for a year will will he be the the rental so the rangers not making it would also be shocking the islanders have probably the most work to do they've played the most games now and they're one of the one of the oldest teams in the nhl and, and right the, the clock is definitely ticking there and it will take them extra work. I, Pittsburgh Islanders caps. I think I think will not go away because Ovechkin is has, is playing at his level. The team has done well with new goaltenders. Uh, there's some new energy there. They get Backstrom back. He's got half a season, so he doesn't have the the grind of the full eighty two. They will be tough opponents for anybody down the stretch. And Pittsburgh's got Malkin and Crosby. They're not going away. So. I think it comes down to that last week. It's going to be a battle, but I fully expect five Metro teams, three Atlantic teams, and then the whole wild card mix will determine whether we get a Metro area series. I mean, it could be Islanders devils somehow. It could be Rangers devils straight out straight away in the first round. Uh, Last time that those Rangers and devils was 2012, an Epic series devils win in six. Last time it was Islanders devils, 1988. Way back, six game six game series. The Devils won the first time they won a series, thirty five years ago. And uh, Islanders Rangers not since ninety four. So, for the young generation, any one of these would be uh, awesome stuff because it'll it'll bring people together. It's a talking point with social media being so much different than it was even a decade ago. It's it'll be a dramatically new world. So I think that'll be fun for everybody. And I hope I hope it happens for the sake of the the fan bases of all three teams that all three get in. That's only happened one previous time, and that was two thousand seven, 
the Islanders and Devils went out in the first round. The Rangers won a round for the first time in a decade and lost to Buffalo. So it would be neat. It would be neat, and it's overdue. And why not this year? And the Devils have a ninety plus ninety uh, percent plus chance of making the playoffs. So once again, it will take a complete collapse, like one of the biggest collapses in all sports, for them to uh, miss out on the playoffs. And I don't want to become uh, the team that was inf- infamous for uh, winning thirteen games in a row, being second uh, at the midway point, and then missing the playoffs. Let's hoping that won't happen, and I don't think it will. I think the Devils are in a good spot, and. I'm I'm just happy with the uh, overall competition and, and it's going to be a sprint dash to the finish. Like Lindy Ruff said, it really is. So is. All, all hands on deck and just see where it goes from here. So Alan, uh, before I let you go, where can uh, my fans find you? I'm on Twitter at, at A-K-R-E-D-A. So that's where I post uh, some of my thoughts and ideas along the way as I cover the teams. My writing is out there, the Associated Press. I cover the games of all three teams. So you can always essentially Google my name and Associated Press and you'll see, or those two ponies, like if the devil's wild, you'll see my game story out there in Google uh, Google newspaper land. So it's, uh, it's, a, it's a daily challenge to be circulating amongst all three. It's fun. And I get to see the opponents many times too. So I feel like I'm studying the league while every team comes my way here. I have a unique role and it's, it's enjoyable uh, to, to be following all three teams simultaneously in a season like this, especially. Well, you you get to see it from a perspective that not many other people can see it from. Uh, Alan, thank you for taking time. I know you got to come to the Rangers and Stars game later tonight. And uh, once again, I appreciate and hope to have you back on the show at some point. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Appreciate the time. Good work.